0: The scripture reading today is from Psalm 38. I am hunched over, completely down. I wander around all day long, sad. My insides are burning up. There's nothing in my body that isn't broken. I'm worn out, completely crushed. I groan because of my miserable heart. Everything I long for is laid out before you, my Lord. My sighs aren't hidden from you. My heart pounds. My strength abandons me. Even the light of my eyes is gone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Will you pray with me? Gracious God, as we turn to your word for us, may your Holy Spirit rest upon us. Help us be persistent in our hearing, in our speaking, and in our believing. Amen. If all of us were in the same room here, I would ask how many of you had ever sung that opening hymn, that we sang today. I know there are a good number of lifelong Methodists out there listening. Did you know we have this in our hymnal? Did you know we had a hymn called Silence, Frenzied, Unclean Spirits? I distinctly remember discovering it myself just a few years ago when I was looking for another hymn and saw this one, number 264, it caught my eye. What? What is this hymn? I thought, how did I not know about this hymn? Why have I never heard it? I have attended church my whole life. I was in choir for years. Why have I never sung it before? Why have we never sung it before? I think the answer to that question rests in the whole purpose for this sermon series that we're beginning today. You see, last August, after a great deal of prayer and research— I determined that we would have a sermon series this spring about mental health and wellness. Let me reiterate the timing of this. Last August, the Holy Spirit moved me to claim this time for a series on mental health and wellness. Before all of us came under this newfound anxiety, this newfound depression, all thanks to concern over our health and the necessity of sheltering at home. Last August, the Holy Spirit prodded me to plan this series. My concern back then was really simple. It was awareness. Our society, our culture shies away from talking about topics like depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, dementia, and such. We feel uncomfortable when these conditions are brought up. So uncomfortable that we have a hymn in our hymnal on the topic that few, if any of us, even know is there. But listen to the statistics for a second. One in five adults in the United States experience some form of mental illness, and only half of those are receiving treatment for it. And those statistics came out before our shelter-at-home plans. I imagine we will see statistics change once we have some distance and begin looking at the new numbers. I read a lot about how mental health conditions are a modern phenomenon, how this wasn't even an issue back in my day. But did you hear the scripture this morning? Did you hear the words of the psalmist? I am hunched over and completely down. I wander around all day long, sad. My insides are burning up. There's not, nothing in my body that isn't broken. I am worn out, completely crushed. I groan because of my miserable heart. Depression is not new. This psalm is attributed to King David, and the psalm provides an almost clinical description of what depression is, what depression feels like, what the effects of depression are. Depression is not new. Our awareness and our willingness to talk about it, that's new. And if anyone in scripture had a reason to feel depressed, it was King David What, you ask? King David? King of Israel? A man after God's own heart? Yes, King David. King David may have seemingly had it all together on the outside, just like so many other sufferers of depression. But think about his life. Think about all that had happened to David and his best friend Jonathan. They parted company because Jonathan's father wanted to kill David. David married multiple women and kept others on the side. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. David had Bathsheba's husband killed because she was pregnant with David's child. That child died in infancy. Later, David's eldest son Amnon raped his half-sister, David's daughter Tamar. Tamar's brother Absalom got revenge by killing Amnon. Absalom and David never fully reconciled. David had more than enough to be depressed about. More than enough reason for the desperate tone of this psalm. And I want to remind you that David died a man after God's own heart. Depression and all, God loved David. So what's the big deal, you might think? If depression has been around so long, why do we need to dredge it up? I'm here to say it is a big deal. Maybe you personally have never felt depressed. I myself have never been diagnosed with depression. I do look back, though, on my first semester at college. I look back and wonder if that wasn't what was going on with me. I mean, how did a a bright student attending a prestigious women's college on full academic scholarship end up sleeping most of her days away, not attending classes, not engaging in social activities her first semester in college? That was me. I was away from home for the first time. I had worked so hard to get there. I knew my parents weren't able to financially help me, that if I was going to go to college, I had to figure out a way to do it on my own. In high school for 3 years, I lived alone with my parents who were both alcoholics. All 5 of my siblings had moved on, so it was just me at home dealing with it. Leaving home for me was a huge tangled ball of emotions from relief to fear to anxiety and dread. I had been holding myself together for so many years, relying solely on myself that I felt apart that I fell apart my first semester of college. Honestly, I can't tell you much in the way of specifics from that time in my life. I made it through, sure, but when I look back, I realize I was a hot mess and I had nowhere to turn. I didn't know what was going on with me because we didn't talk about those things back then. I fell through the cracks of the limited systems in place to help people like me. Probably because I covered it up well. Again, what's the big deal? I made it through, here I am. I'm okay, right? Maybe you've even been through worse, and you were just fine. But that's the thing with depression. It doesn't have a measuring stick of difficult experiences after which you say, yes, this person has had enough happen. They must be depressed. Depression is individualized what one person can handle might put someone else over the top. There are genetic components wrapped into all of this as well. So if depression and anxiety have existed for so long, if people have dealt with it for so long, why do we need to dwell on it now? Well, while depression and anxiety are not new, our ways of coping have become far more disastrous addictions to alcohol and stronger substances or to more destructive behaviors are on the rise eating disorders exercise disorders self-harming they're all rampant among women and men i might add suicide attempts and suicides themselves are also on the rise no depression and anxiety are not new and our ways of coping with them have grown way more intense way more final we've also just begun to recognize the collateral damage that comes along with depression and anxiety the friends and family of those experiencing depression and anxiety walk their own unique journey as well how do you care for someone how do you keep them safe without enabling them How do you get help for that person? What do I do when society is telling me I shouldn't even talk about it? And here's where I think we're fortunate. Resources for counselors are growing. Insurance coverage for counseling is increasing, though it's certainly by no means perfect. There are counselors who treat patients confidentially, and payment is on a sliding scale based on what you can afford. There's an organization in Austin called New Life Institute where counseling is free if you can't pay. New medications are available that help folks who have the chemical imbalance in their body that needs to be straightened out. Some people will need those medications for a short time while others may need them for life. Hope for those who seek help is greater than it's ever been before, but seeking out help is the key. Knowing to do it is the key. Having us talking about it is the key. Having people around you notice when you withdraw. People who are not afraid of the words, who can say depression, anxiety, and mental health, mental illness, without shrinking away from it. We need more of those people. We need each one of you to notice and act when someone you love is showing signs of depression or anxiety. You know, I was lucky. I was assigned to a dorm with other students who weren't willing to let me hide out in my room. They wouldn't leave me alone, literally and figuratively. Sometimes, much to my dismay, they would pull me into the hallway for whatever study break break ridiculousness they had planned, late night pizza, a dance party, or some practical joke. They dragged me back into the world and into life. And I made the choice. To join them, to live again. I also happened to fall in love with this sweet computer software engineer and he gave me a reason to get out of bed each morning. To this, same, this day, that same guy gives me a reason to get up each morning as well. I wish I could tell you it was my faith or God that solved everything. I wish I had some piece of scripture that the Holy Spirit used to alter the course that I was on. It wasn't God per se, but I do think and firmly believe that the hands of God reached out to me through the hands of my college friends, through that, the hands of that guy I fell in love with and married. God can and will use every resource available, friends, medication, counselors, to reach out and help. If you think you or someone you know and love might be struggling with depression and anxiety and need help, please know there is help out there, help for you and help for them. That help may come in the form of medication, a counselor or psychologist or friends and family, but please always remember, you are not alone. Being part of this absolutely amazing church community, being part of Buda UMC, and whether you are attending this morning for the very first time or for the 350th time you are now part of us being here means you are surrounded by folks who are reaching out their hands all you have to do is reach back you are not alone amen just so you know how to reach out here are the contact numbers on this slide for some important resources for emergencies here in Travis County, Hayes County. There's a national suicide prevention hotline as well as a national crisis text line. And there's my cell phone number. You are not alone. We've come to that point in the service where we're going to take up an offering. Typically we would pass the basket throughout this room. Unfortunately, we're not in the same room. So if you have heard something that you liked in this worship service or something that calls to you, We invite you to give today using one of the methods that's on the screen beside me. You can write a check and send it into the church. We are processing those, or you could give electronically, whatever suits you. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we thank you. We thank you for providing resources, for giving us words to talk about hard things. As we return to you today, the resources you have shared with us, We ask that you guide us to use them in ways that help us know how to reach out and help others. Amen.